you've heard her before. But you've never heard her like this. It's Lena Wynn, unscripted and uncensored. <laughs> there is de- what? Are you surprised? Wow, uncensored even. Yes. Yep. Wow. We're not just unscripted, we are uncensored. We are uncensored. We're waiting for that part. Wow. Well, we've got two uh, gentlemen in the studio with us today, both very qualified to talk about office politics. Now, in our first episode, we talked about midlife career change, and the subject of office politics came up. It's gotten people fired. Uh, it's kept people back from promotions. So, you know, this is something that's really important. Uh, one of our guests today, Denny Hooten, uh, who's been in healthcare for 15 years, uh, including serving as uh, an executive for a Fortune 100 healthcare company, DeVita Medical Group, where he is responsible for 500 employees and 20,000 patients. Also wow. a professor at USC's Sol Price School of Public Policy. I can't even count that high. <laughs> and a professor at Pepperdine's Entrepreneurship <laughs> uh, Program. We also have Tom Costello. Love this guy. Man of many talents. He's an entrepreneur, uh, entertainer, artist, businessman. Well-rounded. Like, he can entertain you. He can talk business. He's a national speaker and trainer. You can also see him on a couple of different programs, a video magazine show called Million Dollar Minute featuring luxury properties that no one can afford. Uh, <laughs> Always and, useful. Right? <laughs> and unique uh, neighborhoods in Los Angeles. I, I love watching him. It's like, oh, man, mm, to see what's inside those homes, right? Who is this Love guy? It. I want to meet him. Me too. I, wow. <laughs> and also really another impressive. program called Tom on the Town, where he covers a lot of hot topic events and also landmarks of distinction in and around Los Angeles. Uh, welcome both. And uh, we'll talk about the fun stuff later, but let's talk about the nasty stuff. <laughs> let's just let's, dig right let's in. Let's just dig right in. Roll up in. our sleeves and yes. dive in. Okay. So office politics, whether it's healthcare, I know it exists in TV news, let me tell you. Real estate. I mean, it's everywhere, right? If there's an office? There's people. And if there's people, there's politics. Right. You can't get away from it. And I was surprised to find out from Denny that even in the medical field, yeah. that there's office politics. It runs rampant in the really? field. Yes. Really? Yes. I, think I thought you guys worse. were all about helping people get better and making people whole. And- you know, they are. And they also do a lot of gossiping and uh, kind of backstabbing and trying wow. to get back at each other. So, uh, And the doctors, believe it or not, are the worst. Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See? And I'm <laughs> yes. amazed to know that kind of stuff. Uh, so just like Tom said, if there's people, there there's going to be politics. And despite what you may say, you may be one of those people who says, oh, no, I don't do office politics. Everyone, to some extent. You'll lie about other things, too. Right? <laughs> you cannot work as a grown-up without having to do it's with It's true. Politics. It's true. The thing is, it's how you do it, how much you do it, right, that's going to affect not only uh, your current work situation, but perhaps your future. That is actually super, super important. Big time. Wouldn't you say that very often when there's drama in the workplace, what is the first thing that people say, oh, my God, it's like high school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right? Why do we compare it to high school? I think it's human nature. You know, I mean, I think these behaviors start when we're young. And uh, and I, what people don't understand is that they follow you for the rest of your career. And um, I don't think you ever grow up from that stuff. I mean, you know, it's human nature to love the juicy uh, you know, it makes people feel better about themselves when other people are failing, I think. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. <laughs> what it's does it say? What does that say about us as a human race and as a people, as far as we think we've come, that we just feel better about ourselves when other people are being destroyed or having a bad day or 
just wiping out. It's like it's like a, what do they call it? A train wreck or an accident? You can't take your eyes away, but you don't want to watch. <laughs> Hello, that's why I was in news and I was busy all the time. Is people used to ask why bad news? Why is it always bad? It, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. People. Even though they complain, love to hear about the bad news. They're attracted to it. It's right? like the car chases. Everyone complains about the car chases, right? but nobody can turn their face. I complain it. about them most when I'm in traffic. I'm like, you idiots! You've seen an accident. You've seen just drive. I I got somewhere to be. The rubberneckers, the looky loos, oh, right? It drives yes. me nuts. Yes, yes. Okay, so that's why we compare it to high school is because it's this just back and forth, and it's just this culture where uh, everyone loves drama, whether or not they, they they want to admit it. Everyone loves drama. So we've got some tips for you on how to deal with office politics. And, and the first one is what everyone else doesn't know can't hurt you. And what that's about is, you know, if you're lucky to find people you work with um, who are your friends and you want to share stuff with them and become their friends, great. There's a problem about sharing too much. So you say, Indeed. you know, you make friends with someone and you start sharing Oh, you know, a little bit too much. You start going out for drinks. And, and have you ex- ever ex- experienced this, whether or not it's in healthcare, but yeah. in, in any of your time? Yeah, so I, I, I've experienced it a lot. And the biggest one is we have uh, these big, giant events every year, right? Uh, for every company, there's always a big company event. So they'll fly out hundreds of employees who usually, you know, a lot of them are frontline employees who have never traveled. They've never drank. <laughs> so they've never them, drank? They've never, well, I mean, they've never drank. <laughs> like someone else is dying. People, right? Someone else is dying. Someone else is dying. You always drink better when someone else is paying. Yes. <laughs> Just saying. However, uh, well, you know, so they're around work people for the first time. And I, you know, the funniest example I've had is we were in D.C. There's 5,000 employees. Uh, everyone started to drink. One of the guys got totally hammered. He was so drunk that he ended up wandering in our CEO. So this is the CEO oh, man. of a Fortune 100 company. I can see got this like twenty million not dollars. Not going to end well. Rolls into his room oh. and is using his restroom. Oh. Right? His and room, his hotel room, his hotel or room. His, oh, he has no. a big suite. Right? He has a big oh, suite wow. in the corner. So the CEO walks up and he's like, um, "What are you doing?" Oh. And the guy's like, "I'm taking a piss. What does it look like I'm doing?" Wow. So the next day. The CEO's on stage and calls this guy out. In front oh, of wow. Thousands of employees. So needless to say, he didn't work for DeVita for very long. He let he him go right there on the spot? Yes, yes, yes On yes. the sp- In front of everybody? Well, no, no. He called him out and made fun of him on the stage, and then they flew him home. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Every, everyone's got drunk stories. Do you have any drunk stories? Oh, man. do I? Ha- I'm in real estate. So realtors, <laughs> that's, what we, that's why we drink, because we're in real estate. Uh, yeah, realtors, you know, we have the saying that I think everyone's adopted, we work hard and we play hard, which is just an excuse to party like an idiot and, you know, regret it in the morning. I've learned from painful experience. We, to- we use the same excuse in healthcare, by the way. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. it's industry. It's not industry uh, specific. It, it, it replies to everybody. I, I think you just really need to just be on your P's and Q's, especially today, because everyone's got a phone. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got a camera. Everyone's got a video. It, it is, you know, when we were younger, when growing up, think the internet wasn't around. There was around. no proof. There was no proof. I, I, I was thinking about this. Yes. yes. There's no proof yes. of so many of the stupid things that I used to do. That's true. I'm like, thank God, because if I, man, if that was on, you know, Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook, I'd be done. Uh, but today, you have to be so careful. That's true. So aware of what you do. And, you know, I made the best decisions of my life under the influence of alcohol. Said no one ever. <laughs> so, I was waiting where that was going. So, yeah, yeah, I was waiting. Yeah, for like, like, like really, Tom? Yes. We want to hear about those. Yeah. Like office parties, Christmas parties are yeah. the best because people are 
in good spirits and you know they're well-meaning but you know once you get a couple down you you know you're not thinking right your defenses are down and then those things that you maybe been thinking that you really want to say that you shouldn't say come out Right. And yes. that that ju- then then the rumor mill's really going. The next day, it's like, oh, did you see what Lena did? Oh my god, did you see Denny? Did you see Tom? Like, by the way, no one's ever said that. I'll, I'll tell you why. One, I don't I don't drink, uh, and so I've never gotten myself. And you still situation. act the way you do. Imagine do you if you drank. <laughs> I'll stop it. Uh, you know, we in the TV business, obviously, well, we don't anymore. Uh, the past few years, we haven't had Christmas parties. You know, the bad economy and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but before that, we, uh, th- not only did we have uh, company Christmas parties, but we would have like, they called them anchor dinners, where the big bosses would take uh, all the anchors out. Mm. We'd go to the, you know, like, um, what was it called? The jockey club at that time. You know, very posh, eat a nice, expensive dinner, drinks, some hard liquor. Right. I I leave before it gets too crazy, and I hear stories the next day, and I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I would have stayed. Why do you leave? (laughs) You know. You're the only one who doesn't drink, and everyone else drinks. You have a catbird seat for the best show in town. You know it's going to go off the rails. So let me tell you some of the stuff that's happening, okay, that's happened. I'm not going to name any names. Of course not. Okay? These are people you have watched on TV, we've had like married people grab other people. Married people say completely inappropriate stuff to no. other people. Yeah, Say it isn't so. Uh, we've had bosses, and I've worked at three different TV stations, so I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to name which station this worked at. I sat there and saw a boss hitting on a reporter, uh, and they're both throwing back shots of tequila. And, oh. and, you know, you it, can see oh. the train wreck coming. You can just see it. It's just it's minutes away. And all I could think of is one of these days, it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. Yeah. And it has. And most of the time, it's the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the immediate. Yeah. The hangover is probably yes. the least of the worries. Yeah. And that's painful enough, but all the repercussive... It's the career hangover yes. that you've got to be yes. concerned Those about. Right? Well, and another thing, though, is, you know, so it's easy to have the excuse to be drinking to, for that kind of behavior. But we'll do these team building, you know, things with my teams all the time. Because I have literally probably 500 people that are at some point, through, you know, that, that report into me. Yeah. So we'll do these team, you know, teammate projects. And they'll ask a question, you know, like it would be very personal. Most people know better than to share too much. Uh, at a work event. So they'll have their boss there and the boss's boss. And, you know, they'll ask him a personal question and they'll start going into these crazy stories about their family and, you know, like the behavior that, that they're doing. And I mean, it's just stuff that you'd be totally embarrassed about. And, and they do it totally sober. <laughs> totally sober. Wow. And everybody's just like quiet, right? There just are people like, like that, right? There are people <laughs> where once you start them, get them started. Yes. They won't stop. I've had co-workers tell me stuff I wish I didn't hear. <laughs> I cannot unhear what you just told me. Because exactly. every time you look at them, you're thinking right. about the behavior right. that they describe that they, to you. That they confess to. Yes. Right, yeah. right, yes. right. That's okay, dangerous. so that's talking about yourself. Let's move on to the other thing, equally as damaging, although it may take longer to, to damage you, and that's talking about other people. Workplace gossip. It happens everywhere, right? Yeah. I, I would think. Yeah, where every job I've ever had. Where there's people, there's politics. Yes. It get, it's get back to what you just said a minute ago about uh, we just feel the need to 
elevate ourselves by putting others down. That 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 it's it's a deception of scarcity, of lack. Like there's not enough promotions to go around. There's not enough money. There's not enough positions. Let's try and, to pull them down. And I, yeah, and it's it's what do you call you know you, if you know how you keep crabs in a bucket. Yes. You just put more than one. That's it. You don't need to live <laughs> no, they keep on because they down. keep pulling each other down. And we as humans are so like that. We, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've even caught myself and I'd like to think that I'm a pretty generous, you know, my, my mission in life, I really want to make the world a better place, help other people, empower other people. And I do a lot of conscious things to do that. Yet I find myself subconsciously like, I'll catch myself saying something like, Tom, what's the matter with you? What, you know, where did that come well, from? Well, and I think that sometimes when you uh, share stuff, you don't re- even realize it's gossiping until you really kind of stand back from it for a right. bit. Because right. at some point, it's actually information sharing. A really fine line between right. sharing right. information become, and gossiping. Right. Where does it cross that line? Yeah, doctors do, do it? Really? Oh, my God. Doctors are the worst. Doctors are, <laughs> I mean, doctors are full of information. I, I give wow. a theory that the more education you have, the worse you are at it, actually. Uh, that might be true. That might be true. Yeah, and I'm not sure why that is, but I do believe it's a competitive spirit. Because if you think about the way doctors are trained, right? They're trained to be humiliated and work alone. Right, so you to just go for twelve. Wow. Yeah, so if you think about the I way thought they that was do only their, realtors, I don't know. <laughs> it's every business, but doctors, reporters. There's a common theme here. You know, they're they're basically drugged from room to room and embarrassed in front of their peers about what they don't know. I mean, that's how doctors are trained. Wow. Right. Wow. So it's humiliation after humiliation, and they're trained to work alone. So then you throw them in this environment where they have a team of nurses and medical assistants and receptionists. And business people and operations guys, and you ask them to basically work as part of a team, and they've never done that in their whole career. And so nobody actually trains them how to do that. They just tell them they should do it. And they don't know how to do anything else but to humiliate each other. And I think that's probably true in a bunch of different jobs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, It's a lot easier and safer to make someone else look bad thinking that you're making yourself look good. Um, and that's, you know, that's, it's that's a false what people perception. choose to do. That's absolutely right. I, I wonder how much of it, um, as I'm just thinking about, you know, the stuff that I've heard, how much of it is um, your desire to connect with other people, yeah. your desire to, oh, let's make it feel like a, a friendship and a group. And we then have you start in common. Right. And, but then you start gossiping about people. Right. And at first it's, it's um, office gossip. Oh, I heard, you know, this person might get a promotion. And then it deteriorates into, I heard he cheated on his wife, you know, and then it becomes something yeah, completely that had nothing to do with work. Right. Um, so don't gossip. That is the easiest way to keep yourself out of trouble and to keep yourself from looking immature. I think Denny might be right. It's like the higher profile, the job, the position, the uh, more educated the person, do not put it below them to take part in this kind of behavior. Yeah. That's right. You would be really, really surprised. I believe it. Uh, we do that all, all the, unfortunately in real estate, like you mentioned, all the events that we get together for realtors do that too. We have national events and regional events and there's always alcohol involved and we're always, you know, it's always fun and very, you know, networky and, you know, a lot of cajovial stuff at the beginning. And then, you know, as the drinks progress and the night progresses, things kind of deteriorate, even in, in just daily business where we, I'm on a listing appointment and, and oftentimes in this market, in the Los Angeles market, it's so competitive. I'm often in a in a competition for a listing with three, four, five other agents. Wow. And inevitably, you know, the question comes up, who else are you, you know, interviewing with? And if you don't take the high road, literally and say, Oh, Lena's a fantastic agent, Danny's an amazing agent, you'll you'll be fine with each one of those. Uh if you don't do that, anything less than that is just going to make you look like you're talking 
smack about somebody. And in this profession, it plants a seed in people's mind. Well, why is it that you're talking bad about them and you're giving them so much airtime right now? Why don't you tell me about you? Because if you, if you talk bad about somebody and it, I see it all the time. We, we just, oh, he's fine, but I've seen him do this or I've heard about him doing that. And it's just these little ding, 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 you know, trying to discredit them in your client's mind. And it just backfires. It just doesn't go anywhere productive. Yeah. It's it's and, and now that person's just waiting for when you're going to do it to them. Right. Oh, absolutely. In yeah. fact, uh, another point, it's very easy to identify the backstabbers. Okay, when you're new, even when you're not new, where someone new comes in, all you have to do is talk to them a little bit, and it's actually very easy to identify the backstabbers. Um, those are people who very openly and freely will offer you information you didn't even ask for about right. someone else. So right. it's these gossipers, right? Once you're able to identify them, what do you do? Well, you can't just not be their friend. You can't just not talk to them. Because why? They're going to hate you. And, right. you know, they're going to look at what a nice back you got. Right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> what a bullseye you, right? you are. Yeah. So then what do you do? The saying, keep your enemies close? Is that, do you think that would be? Uh, yeah. I Absolutely. And I, and I was just thinking about this because you, you, you mentioned earlier, uh, so do you get involved in office politics or the people that say, I'm not involved, I, I refuse. I think either extreme is naive. You're right. I think e- if yes. you say, I'm not going to get involved in any, you're naive and, and you're ridiculous because you have to get involved. It seems like you have to, you know. Have your friends close, but your enemies closer. You have to keep your finger to the pulse to know what's going on because you need a sense of it. Otherwise, you're just naive and totally clueless. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, but I do think there's companies with cultures that that really kind of you know uh, thrive in that behavior, right? And so you got to figure out first: Do you want to work at a company like that? Yeah. So if I look back through my career, I think I've made choices from early on where I didn't want to where I didn't want to work in a company like that. And so you got to make tough choices. You got to do it early because your reputation is going to follow you. And, you know, there's, and there's other companies though that I think you can change that culture. And back to what Tom was talking about, I think it's about building high performing teams. So if you're in a leadership position, I think there's a lot of things you can do. If you're not in a leadership position though, then the question is, what do you do and how do you work in that environment? And I think you can't just ignore it, right? You have to be a part of it somehow. But I think it's about, you know, what we talked about earlier is really paying attention to what your behavior is. Um, you know, listening yeah. actively, but not getting involved in the conversations. Yeah. And then basically kind of taking a high road to do things where they're going to notice you for other things besides, you know, the behavior that you're kind of actually with. you make a really good point in listening actively. OK, but not taking part, because guess what? When people gossip, they're actually providing some information. So it's not always oh, yeah. personal gossip. It may be gossip about, uh, you know, uh, an upcoming promotion that someone may be getting, or they're hearing this and this, and they're hearing this person is on the way out. Use that information for your own professional purposes. Absolutely. Right? So you don't have to go now and spread out those things that may or may not be true, but use that information and use it wisely. So there's normally always some truth to gossip. Yeah. So if not, yeah, if, if you're hearing a lot about, Hey, I hear this person is about to jump ship and go to another. And you're aiming for that person's position. Use that information. Right. Just don't be the person who helps spread it. Right. And yeah. and therein it lies. How do you play office politics uh, to your advantage and just not be dragged down? Absolutely. And it's it's hard though. That's the thing, right? It's easy, way easier to just kind of you know collude with <laughs> right. others and talk smack. Like you're talking about. I've I've found myself doing that throughout my career. You know, especially when you don't have any power. Right. But 
I think you got to know who you are and what's important to you. And then you got to make decisions and you got to run them through the filter of your integrity. And then what you're saying is absolutely true is use everything that you learn to aggressively go after, uh, you know, the positions and the goals that you want. And I think, you know, there's a sitting there listening is, is an art that most people can't do. <laughs> you're right. I couldn't agree more. You're right. And it will set you uh, above and beyond the people that your peers in any work environment, I think. I, I agree with that 100%. I really like what you said about that listening is is an art. And uh, there's a book I've read called by a, a FBI negotiator, hostage negotiator called Never Split the Difference. Negotiate Like Your Life Depends on It. Fascinating book. Mm. Highly recommend it. He, when, when they're doing a negotiation, they have anywhere from three to five listeners that's all they do just listen because they listen for things that most people pick don't even pick up to help resolve the conflict uh lena hit it on on the head that when most people think that the one who's controlling the conversation is the one who's speaking not true it's the one who's listening and asking the questions that's the person that's controlling the conversation so if you just shut up and ask a few questions and just, you know, mm-hmm. you'll get all kinds of gold. You're, you're <laughs> you'll get more gold than you even want, probably. Right. But And a lot of it won't be gold. It'll be fool's gold. But there'll be nuggets <laughs> of truth, like you said. <laughs> and then, Denny, what you just said about uh, just deciding how you want to show up. You know, just deciding, right. look, am I going to take part of this? You know, who do I want to be? You know, because this is going to get around. Yeah. I think we, we always need to remember that in this day and age, we're always being watched. You're Absolutely. always being watched. You're always yep. being recorded. Being you're, videoed. Yeah, there's video. There's audio. Someone is watching. So if you think you're going to get away with something, think again. Yes. And really consider, you know, how you want to show up because that that reputation will get around as well. And they're watching you. Oh, and oh they, yeah. Everybody's yep. watching you every t- everywhere. Yep. It's amazing to me. If you're in a leadership role specifically, oh yeah, you're always on stage. And so how you show up, how you talk to people. If your door's open and closed, I mean, it's unbelievable the things that people pay attention to. Your body to. language, oh you know, the words that you use with people, even yeah. even when you're not, like, giving orders, but just your mannerisms. And people pay attention to all of that yeah. stuff. Uh, another tip is uh, learning to choose your friends carefully. And it's more than just choosing the friend that's not going to stab you in the back. If the boss sees that you've suddenly become best friends with the slacker at the company, <laughs> it yep. will affect how you come across to your yes, boss. Guilt by association. <laughs> that's right. Right. Absolutely. So choose your friends carefully. And that's not something that we all know how to do successfully. You know, sometimes, especially if you're new to a company, you're, you normally end up being close friends with the first person who comes up and starts being really friendly to you. Right. That might not be the best person right. to be it's friends with. It's usually not the right <laughs> person yeah, to be yeah. friends with because they're usually coming up to you to find out yeah. something. Either that or they have no other friends and, oh, fresh meat. <laughs> right. Right. And that, exactly now right. you've got a 20-year you know, best friend that you didn't really want. Hey, Denny, Absolutely. you want to have lunch again today? You're like, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so once you've chosen uh, you know, great friends, another great tip is do not vent at work. Right. Everyone's guilty, right? Guilty. Right. Who has not vented at work we've all vented at work but you really shouldn't because all that stuff one day is going to come back to you and when you're venting guess what you're providing information that you probably don't even know you're providing yeah absolutely i'll tell you too is you can take it another level it's just it's taking the emotion out of out of your behavior at work so if you're emotionally involved in any decision it's usually not going to be a great decision, and right. it's going to bite you back later on as well. So we've talked a lot about how employees uh, interact with each other. Now, how you interact with your boss and how it's perceived by everyone else. Yes, I'm talking about ass kissers. 
What? <laughs> and they exist. And there's one in every company. Right. Oh, there there are more than one in every Actually, company. That's true. That's true. When I was thinking about the topics to 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 to, uh, to bring up, this was just like number one, and everyone has dealt with ass kissers, and it's it's a pain in the ass. Thank in, you. In the arse. Yes. Um. And I said, you know what? Kissing ass is a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you could get stuck <laughs> yeah. to the point of no return. And, and because it's um, right. once you start, you're done. Because let's say the new okay new boss comes in and you are in that office and your nose is stuck up there. It's tanner than the rest of your body, right? Right. right. You have the Pinocchio syndrome. Right. <laughs> but then you got to keep it at this level with this boss. You right. Once you start kissing ass, you kind of just have to keep it at that level. Do you? And, and then you prov- and then you If you start, I think she's If right. you start. Yeah. If you okay? start. Now there's a difference between being friendly and welcoming and kissing ass. Right. Okay? Once you go into that brown nosing uh, level, it's really hard to pull back from right. it. Because you've created it's like uh it's like almost like a point of no return. You've right. created a role for yourself. Right. An impression but, of who you are to the boss. Here's the most frustrating part about it, it's it works. Like it works well, for people. It right? works. Oh, absolutely, but, but it works. Because it, it now here's what people don't understand. It works at to, that level. You'll never get to the next level. So, but it totally works for the person. So, for the people that don't want to kiss ass, that's very frustrating. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I agree with you. It works. I think it works to an extent. I think just like anything, you can abuse it. You can overdo it. And too much of a good thing is still – it's a good thing, but it's too much. Right. I mean, we're all let's – be, let's be honest. I love to be flattered. We all do. We yeah. all love to hear That's the sound of our own name. That's why it works. <laughs> That's why it works. Right? And, you know, that, that, that saying wise men bearing gifts, wise men send gifts. So how much gifts do you send? Where does the gift giving and the natural understanding of us as humans that we are all emotional creatures as opposed to logical beings like we'd all like to think we are. Right. That's why it works because we're emotional. We like to have our ego stroked. Right. We like to feel important, valued, special, etc. So how do I, you, us in the workplace achieve that, you know, scratch that emotional itch that we all have of the boss or whoever else, of the client to make them feel good and yet not cross the line of being an ass-kissing, you know, manipulative you know, I'm just I'm just using this to get what I want, and then you're done. I'm done with you. Well, I'm I'm going to defer to you, Denny, because you've been in the 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 managing role, right? Okay, I've only worked for bosses, so I'll I'll give you my from my point of view. But from being the boss, do you know when your ass is being kissed? Absolutely, like, do you? absolutely. I you can feel it. You, 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 it's I would think your your senses are and numb I, down I'll there. I tell you, I use it to my advantage, right? Because the person, the ass kissers, at least all my experiences, is they're they're never going to change. Back to your point, I mean, they're going to be an ass kisser forever. For me personally, I'm not going to promote the ass kisser, but I'm going to use the hell out of them, right? Because they <laughs> get a lot of stuff done, and you I'm can shocked. do a lot of things. Absolutely, he's now, uncensored. It's about <laughs> that's right, Denny uncensored. I think the key is, though, is for, from a manager and from a teammate perspective, is it's it's you got it to build a high performing team. It's got to be about people's performance, right? And it can't be about any of the other stuff. It's very hard to do, though. It's really difficult, especially as in most of the teams that I've taken over throughout my career has been broken teams, right? Hmm. The manager leaves because they're you know it was a mess, and so I've had to come in and kind of clean up. He's uh, uh, hold on, Tom. You've seen uh, up in the air with George Clooney. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where he comes in and he fires the, right. the underperforming people. That was my that's last great job. Movie. That's, that's that getting... was my last job. Wow. I literally flew. For you were two George years. Clooney. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I can see the resemblance. I, I, you get yeah, that absolutely. that steel jawline. That's yeah, very impressive. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, I'm starting to get the silver hair. <laughs> right, the pepper. It's <laughs> very sophisticated. It's a great yeah. look on you. But yeah, I mean, I literally. It's what I did for two years, and I had to fly around firing people, and it's wow. a miserable place to be. But the, it it had happened because. You know, there was a whole bunch of people that weren't they weren't taking care of the teammates. So they were doing the behavior that you're talking about and nobody cleaned it up. And so it's like a it's like a cancer. Yeah. So the minute you let as a boss, so I told you I take advantage of it, but if you let that behavior go, it's a cancer. And what it does is your high performers on the team, they see it, they see you rewarding that behavior. Right. So what they do is they leave. They'll bounce. So yeah. it, it's it's like, actually kills. It does. Uh, the, high performer is not going to sit around and say, you know, really, you're going to fall for that crap. Yes. Like you're that stupid or that that uh, insecure where you need someone to stroke you, where you're ignoring these high performers who are really doing the work, who know their own value and feel good about themselves and really contribute to the company. Yeah. And you're going to ignore us. See ya. It, it, oh, and it even happens in, in, in TV news. I, I can tell you. How so? <laughs> <laughs> I want names and numbers, fact and no, figures, no, no. dates and names. But you know who they are. They're they're the people who are always in the boss's office. Uh, in fact, I might be uh, at a fault to the other end, where I've been told by my agent that you know so and so thinks you need to kind of be more social with them, and you need to play nicer in the <laughs> play sandbox. The game. Yes, really. Yes, and um, you seem and so I'm nice on TV. Are stop. you just a badass? No, no, no. no it's just... because. No, I'm not going to go out and take and get a drink with you guys. And no, I'm just not the person who's going to, you know, unless I really consider you a friend. Right. I, I just won't do that. I just won't play that game. And for the most part, it's worked for me because I believe in merit. I believe in I'm going to go in, do my job, do it well, and they really don't have reason to fire me. Right. And you know how many bosses I've been through. So I want to be the cockroach that's going to survive all the <laughs> bosses. All the bosses. That's right. That's that is right. a Facebook update. I want to be the cockroach <laughs> who survives. <laughs> right. But I, this is important because we talked about this before. It's it's and you have to start that behavior early on, whether it's an early in a job or early on in your career, because it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It's a very small industry, and so every and it's industry the same is small. people. Yeah. That's what I mean. So every it's the same people in every company with the same jobs. And so if you were an ass kisser in job X, and now all of a sudden you're in job Y, it's going to be probably five or six of the same people, and they're just going to look at you as the ass kisser anyway. So if you made the mistake early on in your career, right. just from naivete and not knowing and new, you know, not having enough life experience to understand how the ass kissing game works in office politics, uh, if you made the mistake of oh, I gotta, I need to kiss ass to make it, can you like have a, a an Ebenezer Scrooge moment and <laughs> you know wake change up on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, and change your ways? Because I remember honestly, uh, I was in corporate sales for eighteen before I got into real estate and I really was trying to you know connect with this guy and it just wasn't working and he was the, the regional president at the time it was uh, Cellular One back in the day and we were at a Christmas party and I just said hey how are you doing nice to see you and he goes he goes uh he looks he was the most this was one of the most aha moments he goes man I hate ass kissers and he looks right at me and I'm like <laughs> and I was this close I'm, I'm oh, like I, he says him. that to me right and I'm and I'm like Smile. I'm like, what do I do now? Like, wow. I'm turning. I could feel myself turning red, but wow. my veins were like, because I was like, you cut our commission, cut our benefits, and limited this, this, and this, and that. If there's anyone's ass that I'm gonna kiss, you're the bottom of the list, <laughs> asshole. 
I really want, I, and I almost said it, and I didn't, and I, I, I would now because you, you know you now I don't care. I'm, I'm much more uncensored. But back, so back in the day, I was new. I didn't, you know what I mean. Right. I, I just hadn't had that learning experience. So, can you make a, a, a correction, learn from your mistakes, and like, you know what, I want to make a new start and correct your past? I mean, I go ahead. Well, I, I think you are if it's not a character flaw, because very uh, often the people who do that, it's a character flaw. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's not a conscious decision. Right. Well, it's I, just the a lot way of times, they I think they are. don't know it. Yeah, I, I, know and it. I think it's a result of them not knowing who they are, not knowing the value. They're just insecure. So the only way I'm going to get accepted or get ahead right. is to kiss ass. It's like the people who jump into the gossip mill because, oh, I want to connect with Lena. So let us let me jump right. into her stuff. Right. Or, you know what I mean? They'll yeah. jump in the conversation because they don't have a sense of themselves. So they jump into the rumor. They jump into the gossip. They kiss ass because that's the only way they feel that you'll like me. Yeah, I think to answer the question, though, I think it depends on where you are in your career, how easy it is. I think it's totally doable. I think a lot of times you have to change companies, right? Because yeah. people yeah. know you. Yeah. Fresh yeah. start. You gotta get a, get a fresh, fresh start. start. Yeah, get a new group of people who you can start over it's with. It's not impossible at the same company, though, but it's going to take a lot of time. It's an uphill battle. And you battle. gotta be on 100% yeah. all the time, and you gotta change the behavior, and you gotta do what you're gonna say you're gonna do. Right. Uh, if you slip up one time, I think you go back, you know, 10, 15 times backwards. Yeah. Uh, so it's not impossible, but I think if it's later in your career and you have a reputation like that, it's very, very difficult to right. change um, without changing companies. Yeah. I just think it's tough. To relate it to TV news, it's kind of like this, and it has it's, it's not about kissing ass. It's about being an intern. Once an intern, even if they hire you for main anchor position, everyone will still remember you as the intern. Interesting. Wow. So no matter, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. And, and that's you can't help it. So in order to get away from that, you have to move to a different company. You right. go to a different station and you come in as, oh, that's the new reporter. That's the new anchor. Interesting. And, wow. And because, so uh, you can't start in the mailroom and end up as the lead it, anchor it has, or it the has president happened. or whatever. It has happened. But anyone else who's been around the days that you were the PA or whatever will always look at you that as way. The, wow. So it's the same thing as being an ass kisser. Once you start doing it and people see you for who you are, they will remember that. Right. And uh, and honestly, people don't change. People don't change. Much. That's true. I'm afraid to say, but I tell you, it's because I teach USC. I teach at Pepperdine, and we spend a lot of time kind of building, you know, a, a we call it credo of what type of person that the students want to be. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with just wanting to make money. So I always tell them that, you know, a lot of times they'll come up with all these really fluffy words. Right. Like and, but I know them. I've been working <laughs> on them for months. I'm like, don't you really just care about making money? And they'll say, well, yeah, but I don't want to put that right. up and talk about it. I don't want to sound like a selfish, ego named Michael there, Bastard. There's nothing wrong with that, no. right? If you go to a company that their mission is to make money and it's a bunch of people that want to make money. That's okay. Yeah. But you got to know who you are. And I think you got to be honest with yourself. And you got to make the tough decisions early. I think Lena, from, you know, we've talked a bunch about this, is she made the tough decisions early so she got the reputation so she could tell the boss the truth. I think I've built a reputation now where people know that I'm going to say, you know, what, I, what, I, what I'm thinking. You're a straight shooter. And I'm going to tell them the truth. And a lot of times it doesn't feel well. Or feel great, you know, to them, but I'm going to do it. And I think now I'm at a point where I have a little bit of, you know, like a, I have a title, so it's a lot easier. In the early days, it's very tough. And I think I've lost opportunities for positions because I wasn't going to be an ass kisser and I wasn't going to do things that I thought was against my integrity. It seems to me that there's a balance between telling people the truth, like being honest and being a straight shooter, 
which can often be like a two by four or a bucket of cold water in the face, right. which is not comfortable. For, and, <laughs> you know, the other side is, you know, kissing ass. So the balance being like that you use people skills, that you use discretion, that you're careful about timing and about how you say what you say so that, you know, the velvet hammer, so to speak, that, right. you, that you that you speak the truth, but in a way that keeps their ego intact so that they can absorb it because communication as we know is not just the transference of information if it's the understanding of meaning and if i hit you so hard that it knocks you out then i've defeated my purpose Absolutely. so where's the balance of that I, in your you know, it's, I think it's really really hard and i think you got to be able to mess up in the beginning right because it's not it's practice like yeah, everything else it's a skill like i couldn't take feedback when i first started my career it's like i was crushed i go home like just oh my god i'm never gonna work again and all he told me was like you know like don't forget to you know use punctuation in your recaps <laughs> right, right. oh my god i can't believe you it roll up in a fetal position right, and cry right. and like how can week. you tell me that like this was the best recap ever uh and then i think the other thing that i think i have uh in my experience that i love that i didn't even know this at the time is my undergrad i was i went to art school believe it or not wow and so i actually got a drawing scholarship for otis college of art and design i haven't drawn in years so i don't even know if i still can but what they taught me is about taking criticism right every time you created something you get in this big room and you'd have to put your work of, of art up on the wall and everybody would butcher you oh, wow. right about everything you did wrong so you should have done this and the perspectives off and this so it was like four years of that's basically good i i like that uh, torturing yeah. me and so i think when i got into business and got over the initial kind of open feedback it, it was a lot easier for me. And so that was one of the best things I learned in art school, believe it or not. Just hearing you guys talk, it, it reminded me of me being um, too far on the other end. And that is, I refuse to be an ass kisser. And I don't want, and I was always very concerned about if I'm in the boss's office, I'm very aware of who else can see me because right. I don't oh, want yes. to be identified as a person who's kissing ass. So you're in the back of your mind, you're thinking about other people's perception of you yes, while you're so, in this moment. Yes, I was so, so, so concerned with that. And one GM once told my my agent, Lena treats the janitor and the GM the exact same way. You could tell her she could kiss my ass a little bit more. He said it kiddingly, but it came from uh, from a space of, she just kind of doesn't play the game. Right. Now, and I used to take pride in, that's the kind of person I am. You take that as a compliment. Right. Like, I'm genuine, I'm the same with everybody. But. Which is admirable. Thank you. I thought so, too. <laughs> Unless you're the GM. Right. If you're the GM, like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, Lena, did you see this She's got moniker? No respect. GM right here. I'm the man. He doesn't pay now, your check. I do. Now, but at the same time, though, I would call him Mr. So-and-so. I. It was very hard for me to call... Like my teachers, I could never, my uh, friend's parents could never call them by their first name. It was a, also always a Mr. or Mrs. something. It's the way I was raised. And that, that's how I see my boss. I see my boss in a level of authority. It's like the principal. I don't go in the office unless there's a problem. That's why I'm never in the boss's office. Wow. And I learned very late in my career that that could be detrimental to my career. Because Meaning you weren't in the office enough? That I wasn't uh, social enough. And it worked. I was lucky that I, I was able to work a very long time not playing the game. I absolutely know that it held me back on many opportunities. Uh, it took me a long time to get to my full-time anchoring position uh, Monday through Friday. But it feels good because I know I earned it. I worked every holiday and weekends and nights for like 13 years straight. I wow. worked every holiday. So I feel like I paid my dues. But... 
stepping back and having, you know, left the business and having worked as, as long as I have, I can say that one, you do have to play office politics. Two, unfortunately, you do have to be nice to the boss. <laughs> What? That's yes. just wrong. That's true. Because See, they do, so. they have, they have uh, control. control. And and depending on what business you're in, I mean, in my business, they go through news directors sometimes, you know, every three years, it could wow. be a new news director. So I've been through a lot. And depending on your business, you may not go through bosses that long. And if you don't, yes, you do have to be nice and cordial to the boss. I so, think even in, when you do go through them like that, you still have to be, but, and just for, as a boss... If you think about it like this, so it's not just about kissing ass, right? It's I've always worked in very high-stress work environments. And if I'm going to get in the trenches with folks during budget season and t- times like right now is the busiest time of my season when coming to open enrollment, I want to be with people that I can trust. And if yeah. I don't know them, if, I, if you've never come into my office and I don't have a relationship right. with you, right. yep. I haven't built that trust with you to know that, listen, I, she's got me. Right. So it's not- Why would I choose you for this special project right. or for this promotion? Or to, I don't know. You, you sound great. You look good on paper, but I don't know you. I just right. need so. to know that if I give it to you, you're going to handle it and then we're going to be able to work together. In the right. end. So, so, I, you so there to. is value in having a good relationship with your boss and, and just you know, being on their radar. You know what? Don't you think part of that though is is how good your boss is? You you said you've been through dozens of bosses and dozens of news directors. I'm sure you've had the best and the worst. So how do you manage that? I mean, is is not your ass kissing degree and amount and intensity different based on how much you need to do based on how much what kind of boss you're, you've got? So let me tell you how much uh, your work situation affects your everyday life. Okay. Um, the best boss I ever worked for, and I'm, and, and I will name, name a name, is Bill Dahlman, who is now at Como TV in Seattle. And the reason why I liked him is because, like, I would never go into the boss's office before to say, hey, how was your weekend? Why? Because I didn't care. Right. And that's what I told my agent. I was like, I'm not in there like everyone else asking about what he did for the weekend because I don't care. I'm here to do my work. With Bill, I did care because I liked him. You were friends. I felt like we were friends, although I always knew he was my boss and and always kept that, you know, clear. But I felt that he cared about employees. I felt that he cared about the way we felt. And I felt that he valued us. When you feel valued at a company, that makes all the difference. I will bend over backwards. I will cancel doctor's appointments. I will have someone else take care of my kids. I'll stay late. I'll come in early. I'll work a weekend. I will bend over backwards for a boss who I feel values me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not everyone makes their employees feel that way. That's so yes. true. And that that's not just you, Lena. That That is actually, they've done studies on it. People will take cuts and pay to f- to work at a place where they feel valued. They feel like they're contributing. They feel that they make a difference and that they mean something. That you take an interest in me. If that's not there, then they feel alienated, disenfranchised, upset, disconnected, like, what do I care? Why do I care if this company burns to, gr- to the ground? Right. And what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a manager, you don't want people who are like that working for you, no, right? No, no, no. Listen, it's always so. Money's always the last straw, right? So there's a whole bunch it's of other impo- things. People say it's important, people, but is it? Yeah, but it's usually it's always the last thing. So when when it comes down to I want more money or they're not paying me enough, it's because exactly what Lena said. It's they've been treated so poor for so long that it's just like and they don't how, even pay me. Like this is right? how I'm going to get you back. 
guy. Yes. If you're going to treat me, then screw you, asshole. Right. Now you're going to, I'm going to make you pay me more. And listen, I'll tell you, I've been a terrible boss. I think earlier in my career, I was, you know, it went to my head and made a bunch of poor decisions. How dare you? It I can't really, I got to go. I'm sorry. And as I look back, <laughs> I can't believe this. As I look back, I'm embarrassed of some of the behavior because now I have lower level managers working for me and they're doing the same thing. Oh, wow. So I can share with them. I think part of it is just if you build that trust with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not up here on this pedestal. I'm like, listen, I did the exact same thing. I'm trying to save you. Yeah. You're never going to get anything done unless yeah. you get the trust of your people. Right. The only way to do that is to make them feel like you care about them. You can't do the work. You have to get your people to do the work. They're only going to do it if they trust you and they want to go to bat for you exactly mm-hmm. like you described. And, and and it's in the way they talk to you. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So when a manager says to me, we need you to come in and da 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 Already, I'm like, <laughs> but meaning like he's telling you rather than asking. Right, you. Yes. all right. So they're they're wanting me to me to do something extra. Okay, so come in early, stay late, whatever. Work a holiday, whatever. Right, which I've done. I'm I'm the yes girl, and that became a problem actually. But the manager who says, "Hey, um, is it possible that you come?" Oh my god, you start off a sentence that way. I'm gonna make it possible. It's the way you talk to your people. Don't, you know, I don't want to work for a dictator. And here's the thing. Most of the time, we feel like we can't say no. But it's when we want to say no. That's when you're in trouble. When your employee wants to say no, and eventually, guess what happens? They will get to the point where they will say no. If you're lucky, you get to that point. A lot of them just find another job. And 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 they just show up and give you their notice. Yeah, and (laughs) it seems, based on what you're saying, that there's a a different different places in your career where you said you found this out later in your career that, you know, you you need to be more friendly. Yet, you also, I think, need to have healthy boundaries where you're saying, look, I got to say no because I have a life. I have kids. I have a family. I need to take care of them. My life is not just work. Yet, early in people's career... They're like, oh my God, I just got to, I got to kiss ass. I got to do whatever it takes. So it's that insecurity. Right. And let me tell you what was really frustrating was, wait a second. I'm the person who always says yes, which always puts me on the top of the list of the person to call because it's the path of least resistance. No, you're going to say yes. Right. Right. And then call her first. You can count on Lena. Like (laughs) if if we were trading jobs, your boss would say to the new boss, by the way, if you ever need extra work, call Call on Lena Lena because she'll say yes. Right. Uh, And as a boss, I would probably do the same thing. Right. Right. It's just you find a person to fill a spot and, and done with it. But when I feel like I'm being punished for it and I, I start saying no, because I was getting so uh, frustrated at seeing that, wait a second, the people who always say no, never get asked to work extra. The people who always say no, they're actually respected. I'm like, what is going on where I feel like the divas, the people who are difficult, they are actually respected for drawing the line. Right. So I think it's important. They have healthy, healthy boundaries. Yes. Healthy boundaries. Sometimes they weren't so healthy boundaries. <laughs> Sometimes they were. That person never gets called in to fill in and stay late and come in. Or, you know? Right. Because uh, they're so hard to deal with. Is that, right. Is that it's their just, reputation? It's yes, because it's a confrontation. Nobody wants to have the tough conversation. It's, it's the path of least resistance. Yeah. Yep. So the person that always says yes, they're easy. Like they're a known quantity. They're going to say yes. Right. Just go there. Rather than dealing with someone that I'm going to have to fight with and coerce and right. convince. And who wants that? So everything we've talked about today is about healthy balance. Right. Right. And, and healthy boundaries. And healthy boundaries. But it, it's, it's a balance of everything. It's knowing when to say no, knowing when you should be nice, knowing, you know, when to talk, when not to talk. So it, all of it is <laughs> is this dance that, that we all have to yeah. do. And I got to throw one other thing out that yeah. I think is super important. Like, do not connect with the people that you work with or for 
on or work media? for you on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> Don't keep no. them separate, really? People do it all. It blows my mind. And then as soon as they do something stupid and put it on Facebook, which too many people do, the company sees it and oh, then they yeah. fire them. How many careers And then all of a sudden they can't that. do that. Oh, That's, this is my personal yes, whatever. They can. No. But you connected with the company on your stupid right. Facebook thing. Like, yeah, and that Vegas weekend that felt so good at the time is now all <laughs> right. over social media. Exactly. You, you know what? The, and even though that was legal in that country, it's not legal in this country. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, I hate about? it when that happens. You know, you haven't even mentioned one of the biggest things, which is employee fraternization or employee dating. Because oh, that just oh. seems like such a and, – and to pretend that it doesn't happen is just stupid. Because it, right. it, 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 I mean, they've done studies. And, you know, yeah. I, 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 I won't mention names, but I will cop to that that's – it's been a it's been a target rich environment hey, for me. Let's going, come up with some saying. Well, how, what do they call it? Dip, dipping. Dipping your pen in the company ink. Okay, what else do they call it? Well, don't shit where you eat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is uncensored, right? Right, right. It's a podcast. You can say whatever. Yes. What else do they call it? Uh, um, those are the two biggest ones. <laughs> ones. I think everyone relates. I don't think we need to go any further. I'm pretty sure everyone gets it. That's actually but dating in the company pool, like fishing in the company pool. Fishing in the yeah, company that's pool. That's a good one. Yeah, I, right? I've never heard that, but I like that. Right. right. Yeah. Speaking of say, speaking of different ways to say this, brings up back just a memory of a funny story that actually happened in the news room because we have so many newscasts we try to use different words to make it sound like it's a different script you don't want to hear the same script you know at four at five at six right. at eight nine ten eleven so we, we try to make it different and uh, so the story was about um navy and sailors and uh this young writer stood up in the newsroom and said hey what's another word for semen <laughs> no, no. S-E-A-M-E-N. She was referring to Navy. To, to Navy. Yeah. Uh, 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 I bet you that's from, not what the words she no. meant. Oh, no. The play on words are just the worst. They're just the worst. Uh, of course, she got a bunch of answers. Oh, I'm sure she did. Oh, those are probably had to go with semen. <laughs> Let's just stick with semen for now. Let's, like, uh, no. Sailors. Yeah, sailors. Yes. <laughs> Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. That's funny. Those play on words are just priceless, and everyone is cracking up about it, except the ones who's like, "What? What do you mean? What? What I say? Her? Yeah. Her. Right. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, one last note about the social media stuff. People. Oh, it's my. Po- There's no such thing as a personal page. When you put stuff on social media, it is out there. Yep. It's out there. And for it good. doesn't matter if it's your personal page. It doesn't matter if it's a fake page, and then people find out it's yours, and they can connect it to you. You're still held responsible for it. It's just the way it is. I hire people all the time. The first thing I do is look at Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Because it gives you a sense of what that person is like. It gives you the real sense. Right. Not what they're trying to present you. This is who you are because you chose to put this out there. Right. This is not the edited, produced, uh, watered-down version of who you are. This is All those weekends in Vegas and Cabo, they're going to show up there. So, Lena, you didn't answer the question about dating because it seems like that – it seems like we, duh, create our own drama and create the fodder for the rumor mill mm-hmm. by what we put on social media and by what we bring to the office, especially if we're dating someone. Not that it's never worked or that some companies just have a no dating policy at all. You can't do it. Uh, That's but, the best policy, by the way, right, as but, a manager for many years. But to pretend that it's not going to happen, Danny, <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, it's, like, sure. pr- it's like trying to say I'm not going to get involved in office politics. You know what? It's, people it's the same, do. It's, a people same, it's the connect. same thing, but uh, it, it happens. You, you're not going to be able to avoid it but it's the same thing with having close friends at work because um although 
as couples, you probably will fight more, right? I've worked with anchors who were married, and I always was amazed at how surely they get in fights and arguments. Surely they have issues and drama at home. But once they got on TV, they were very good at just... Shutting it down. Shutting it down. Just being professional. But, but it one, not everyone can be that way. Right. And two, it's most the- Most it's, it's Yeah, the, most can yes. <laughs> it's the drama, like not on camera, it's the drama inside the newsroom. It's making everyone else yes. feel uncomfortable because oh, yeah. they know, oh, something must be wrong. My co-anchors, I've learned now the best thing is not to be too close of friends with them. Hmm. Because sometimes- Have you had it bite you in the ass? Of course I have. Really? And it's really the first time I've ever I'm, uh, I've ever regretted forgiving someone. And it's so true, the saying, when believe people when they show you who they yep, are. Absolutely. Uh, and I uh, gave that person a second chance. I, I forgave him, and he, he did it again. And who do I kick in the ass for that one? Myself. Because, yeah. because I... You didn't learn the lesson the I first time. I didn't learn the lesson the first time. But back to what you were talking about. So it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be a friendship. Something goes wrong, it affects your performance at work. And so I'm sure bosses hate to see people... uh, Sure. Well, it goes back to your (laughs) statement earlier, choose your friends wisely. Mm -hmm. That goes to choose your friends and your romantic friends as well. Because if you're with someone who's very dramatic and they put their stuff all out there, like you're not going to keep this a secret. Like there's going to be no discretion there. It's going to be all out there. So that means your (laughs) stuff is out there. That's why, by the way, it never ends well. So I think where you're going before is like, you you know, it's going to happen no matter what. That's true. But if I have a rule that it can't happen, when it blows up, which it will 100% of the time, then I can fire the person <laughs> and get rid of them before they ruin the rest of the team, just like Lena was talking about. Before they spread that poison. Yeah. You know, it, if you've got a relationship with someone that, you know, you think is going there and it's healthy and, you know, there's obviously, you know, we're not married, so we're not you know, cheating on anybody. But if we want to connect here, we can say, look, can we just agree that we're going to keep this just between us and not in the office and... I know that's easier said than done. It's very idealistic. And I've had it where it worked and I've had it where it didn't work. And where they said they'd play by the rules, but it ended up just being a train wreck. Well, because you're dealing with emotions and chicks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Need we say more? We, emotions and chicks. We, we can have a whole. We can't say that, but I'm glad you did. Oh, uh, yes. The, 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 the chick said that. The, the emotions and chicks, I don't know. It's a, it's a dangerous combination. Hey, I've worked with guys that are just as emotional as women. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. I have yeah, too. Yeah. 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 And right. they, they don't control their stuff and they're all out there yeah. and dramatic. And oh. yeah, it's not fun. Okay. Five questions I ask everybody. Your first paying job ever. Uh, I was a dishwasher at the Holiday Inn Hotel. Oh. Yes, I was 14. Wow. And I'm working ever since. Good Very for nice. you. How yeah. about you? I, my first paying job was a paper boy. I was a paper, had a paper route. What's a paper? A pa- <laughs> yes, that, that's, that tells you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a paper route and I got up, it delivered it every afternoon and uh, yeah, it was my own well, Wait business. a second, you were the afternoon paper boy? Slack. No, no, wait. No, we were in the <laughs> morning. Forgive me. We were in the morning. Yeah, no, we were in the okay. morning. Okay. Yeah, we were in the morning. I collected in, in the afternoon, but we delivered uh, okay. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Slack. Nice safe. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> just, uh, office politics. I just dodged out of that one, huh? Okay. Uh, Denny, best mistake you ever made? Uh, oh, God. Best mistake. Um, I think mine was uh, prior to healthcare, I was in entertainment. So I was in post production for a long time. And I had an interview with Disney. And so I got it. I got in to see the number three guy, Dick Cook, who was the chairman of Disney. And so he basically said, where do you want to work? I'll hook you up with whoever you want. And I was, I, I was scared to death because I had been in a bunch of interviews and they didn't go well. And so I was very, uh, not clear 
on what I told him. And so I was like, I want to work in production, right? So he hooks me up with Bruce Hendrick, who was a producer of like all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So I'm in his office and he said, what do you want to do? And instead of telling him I want to be, you know, something in production, I was in business school. So I'm like, I'm interested in marketing. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know anything about marketing. Like, why are you here with me? And and so he basically excused me. And so I could have had a job with Disney. um, And it's I still kick myself for the for that. Well, why is interview. that the best why mistake? Because mistake? Best mistake because now I'm in healthcare and I love it, and it's so oh. I spend every day. It just redirected your yeah yeah. So I got to recruited by Davida. I got my first healthcare job. I spend every day basically saving people's lives, and it's the best nice. mistake I've ever made. Good for you. Okay, how about yeah. you, Tom? So for me, um, I've been in sales most of my life, and uh, right out of college, I got into life insurance. That alone was a mistake, <laughs> but it was a good mistake because I I struggled a lot and I made it. So I'm a firm believer that if you can sell a not an intangible like life insurance, you can sell anything. Uh-huh. However, there was a lot of scripts going on at the time and, you know, scripts about what to say and not to say. So you make a lot of mistakes by trying things out that sound really good at the time. In your head. And they don't quite work out the way you plan. So one of them was, uh, you know, that we're selling life insurance. And if they're like, if, if they're not the kind of person who would buy this thing for their family, you know, do they really care about their family and yada, yada, nice. yada. And, and one, so, so you can see where this is going. You're going to insinuate basically that this person is a pig, that they yeah. don't care for their family. And that, you know, so the line was, um, well, you know, you're probably not the person that would qualify for our company anyway. And I use that line and man, that's like uh, wow. grabbing a dog wow. by the ears. Wow. Like, you know, I mean, it just went over like a bomb in church just like bam like a kick in the nuts this guy's like what what are you saying and i'm like and i was just like i don't even know how the conversation went but i was like note to self don't ever use that line again very nice so and it yeah i I learned from it okay uh question number three if you weren't doing what you're doing now if you could do anything else with guaranteed success what would it be denny uh post-production visual effects Oh, yeah. Okay. So you'd yeah. be going back to Disney because, well, I, uh, only because just or starting so with Disney, yeah, working yeah, yeah. for because Disney finally. When I was doing it, it was so like just antiquated. antiquated, right? Now it's like there's all it's so cool. I just want to, I want to play with these kids wow. that are yeah. doing all the visual effects stuff. Mm-hmm. You, Tom? I would be storytelling specifically. I'd be acting. Because I love storytelling and I get to do it a lot in what I do with my public speaking and, and, uh, you know, my, my real estate and million dollar minute, my videos. Yet I love the process of telling stories because they educate, they inspire, they instruct. They're so good. And the part of the business I hate is the auditioning and the ass kissing yes. and the having and, and the Speaking of. Speaking of. Yeah. And yeah. And, and the, the, there's, there's just so no guarantee that as talented as I or anybody else is that their, their story is going to be heard. So now I'm building my, my business to the point where I'll have the money and the time to produce my own content, which is really where I want to do with oh, nice. my own stuff. So uh, it's, okay. that's be an actor. very exciting. All right. Favorite dive to eat at? In and out. My, uh, what's her, uh, which one? Pho 999, right? Oh. That's a dive. That's well, wait a second. That's because most Vietnamese restaurants look like that. They're all dives, <laughs> except the really nice ones. Yeah, but they are. So yeah. you, like, you like the new Pho 999? Yeah, in North new Pho 999. Okay. Yes. Really? Uh-huh. How and about the you, best pork chops? Oh, oh yeah, their pork God. chops are very really? good. Really? Okay. Mm. So. Yeah. You know, I've got a favorite in West LA that I go to. Uh, it's not really a dive, but it's it's Mexican, and I love Mexican, and they have great uh, margaritas. It's uh, Don Antonio's. Do they speak English? They do. Barely Spanglish. Barely or a lot? Uh, no, it's 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 pretty. It's it's a very heavily accented English. Soccer on the TV? 
Oh yeah, all okay. the time. Okay, okay. Legit. all the time. Yeah. Legit. Legit. Yeah, and, Legit. and the red, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the leather. Uh, what's the, the term? What. The, the leather with the, the beads in them, and it's, there's a Like term. the toughened? Yeah, the toughened, yeah. thank you, toughened leather, yeah. All right, it's legit. Right. Okay. Great, great margaritas, great food, so yeah, it's okay. good stuff. Uh, the fifth one is, you can ask me anything. Mm, wow. If I answer it, it shall be the truth. Wise man, wise man. Wow, that was a, that was that was that was impressive. That was definitely you can see this man has learned from his mistakes. Jedi mind exactly. He's like like we were sword playing. He just pulled a great one. So Lena, I want to know what is your biggest mistake that that turned around. Uh, I want to know both professionally and, and relationally where you made a, what made a mistake and that turned out to be good because you learned something or because it sent you in a different way or. Well, that's like too long. Okay, that's a two-parted, two-parted <laughs> two question. Part, yes. uh, disqualified. Dan, Danny, dis, Danny but, hit the ball to me, so I get two. Um, but I took uh, Danny's as well. Are you going to ask one? Because if you're not, I'll answer both. Otherwise, I'm just going to have him choose one, whether it's uh, the uh, personal one or the professional one. You can one. do both of them. Okay. Yeah. The biggest relationship mistake I made was when I did it. And my whole push in that was to improve his image. Hmm. When I care about people, I care what other people think of that person. So I did a lot of trying to make him look better in everyone else's eyes. Okay. And that, that to me was a big mistake because I gave too much of myself. I gave and gave and gave. And I think in this life, you're either a taker or a giver. Yeah. Most of the time. Right. Right. And I'm a giver. To a fault. Uh, and people say that, and I hate it when people say that, actually. But in this relationship, I gave too much that I lost sight of why I was in this relationship to begin with. And who you were. You know, it was, yeah. oh, this is exciting and new and fun, and I feel like I'm having fun. But then it was like working for the guy. And um, and so that was a, a big mistake. Sounded um, like the intention was good. Like to help him look better in people's eyes. But Yeah, so the intention was good, but, you know. That happens a lot in life where you have good intentions and it just turns out... Goes off the rail somewhere. Yep. So that was a big mistake. And I don't have many regrets relationship-wise, but that was a regretful one. Uh, what was the other question? Uh, the same thing professionally, yeah. I've been so lucky. In TV news, people normally move around a lot. I've This is my third stop. Wow. I started in Augusta, Georgia. Then I went to Sacramento. And then I came here. I remember that. Um, I will say this, actually. There's this thing, and I don't know about other businesses... I've learned that in order to make more money, you have to leave your job. You have to be comfortable enough to leave. Yeah. If you don't leave, you should be happy with minimal raises, if even that. Mm. And then we hit a big, you know, 2008. And then I think all the companies, including TV uh, companies, use that as an excuse to cut salaries and to not give people raises and to make people feel grateful that you didn't get cut. So you're not getting a raise, but, right. you know. No raise is the new, uh, uh, no cut is the new raise. Um, so I think that just I got- not getting your salary cut is, is, is a raise because yes. there's so many cuts. Because yeah. the same yeah. in every industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's the, the same, same thing in real estate. So I don't work for anybody else, even as a working in a real estate company. For a broker, I'm still self-employed. I run my own business. Mm -hmm. So I get to determine my own salary, my own raises by how much I work. Yet when you're talking about th that whole dynamic, I'm not 
kissing anybody because I know that it's it's all up to me. Yeah. You know, if I want to kiss someone's ass, I kiss my own ass. But it's really kick my How's ass. How does that work? Oh, flexible. <laughs> it's kick Right? Yeah. I, that's I a different show. Me. Yeah, that's, that's a different, that's a different <laughs> podcast. I kick my own ass to get out there and, and make more, to sell more, to talk to more people so that I can, you know, make more money. Yeah. Uh, it's But that dynamic, I, I've realized that I'm just a terrible worker. I'm a, I'm a great worker, but I'm a terrible employee. I work my ass off when I feel. You have a terrible boss too. I yeah, he, he's a, he's an asshole, man. I tell you what, but I, I just realized that which, whatever which I, you do, don't have sex with him. Yeah, right. <laughs> do not date. Uh, your boss. Unfortunately, that happens more than you know. <laughs> oh, that's and there we go. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the uncensored. We're closing into the different podcast now. Oh my goodness! I'm not dissing my work. I'm not dissing my the company or anything like that. This is just lessons that I've learned. But I think that I, I should have moved. I should have gone to another market. Really? And, and I could still come back. But the thing is, for pay raises, you need to come in as the new person and demand more money. Otherwise, if you stay, come on, same place for 20-something years, wow. you're not going to get the t- types of pay raises you would have gotten had you, not mo- had you moved. Right. That's the same right. thing in yeah. healthcare. Yeah. It's 3% raises every year. Yep. Or Whereas if you else. move somewhere else, you can make quantum leaps yeah. and pay raise. Yep. Title and raise, by the way. No kidding. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. Uh, next podcast, we're going to see if... Uh, Tom can demonstrate how he kisses his own ass. <laughs> it's quite a feat. And I will not be too, too, talking in Too bad it's a podcast and not live audio video so you we'll can see video. it. Oh, oh, no. Dang it. We'll see you next time on another edition of Lena Wynn Unscripted. Woo-hoo!